We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Weeks ago, in my personal devotion time, I have a very special part of the Bible that just speaks to me since I was a little, little child. My mother read it to me in this big book with these big pictures. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was reading through that again. And don't you love it that the Bible is alive? It gives you something brand new every time. And I was reading this and it just jumped out at me. And I said, Lord, I've read that a hundred times. He said, but this is what you need to see. And I thought it was just for me. But then God kept saying, no, no, no. I want you to show everybody in the church. I want everybody to see this. I said, okay, okay. So the title of my message today is this, The Battle is the Lord's. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel 17, verse 29, and it says this. Now, what have I done? Said David, can't I even speak? Father, we need your anointing great right now. To tear down every division and to subdue every distraction. Father, right now we need our eyes and our hearts and our minds focused on you for the next few moments. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak powerfully into every heart that is here today. Father, today release your word with power and anointing, I pray. Amen and amen. Have you ever felt like David, can't I even speak? Can I do anything right? I mean, David's got some older brothers, and, and, he, and he's asking a question, and they tell him, just be quiet. You're humiliating us. Uh, they even tell him that David's heart is full of wickedness and conceit. Don't you love brothers? How many of you got bro- older brothers? How many of you love them? Yeah. Can't I even speak? David's like, I can't do anything right. Can't I even talk for just a moment? And his brothers were saying no. I want you to understand some things. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3 is setting the standard. God sets a foundation. In Genesis 12 3 he says this. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is setting this foundation for the nation of Israel. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. Now look at Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. For herein is another foundation that God sets. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God is letting us know that there will be authority in our lives. The enemy does have the authority, the power to strike our heel. But our heel does what? Crushes his head. The problem with most of us today is we just like all other generations... We forget these covenant things that God has made with us. All of mankind. 
All that we see are the perpetual battles in our lives. When I was younger, I, I thought, I was told, that boy, if I could just win this battle, then I wouldn't have any other battles in my life. You know, every one of us have battles, right? I don't know of anyone that doesn't have battles. And I thought if I could get over this battle, then everything else in life would be wonderful. You know what I found? When I, when I win this battle, there's another battle. And there's another battle. And it's guaranteed by the enemy. The enemy, the enemy guarantees us perpetual battles. So I've got bad news for you. You're always going to be in a battle. No matter what. You're going to be battling something. Because when you defeat this, the enemy will bring something else. Because he loves conflict and battle in your life. So if there's always going to be a perpetual battle, what do we do? We have to understand the concepts, the precepts. You see, at the birth of Jesus, there was a battle. Kill all babies, right? He was born into battles throughout his life. I mean, there were times they wanted to stone him and all those things. And, and he was in a crowd and they were about to get ready. And he just disappeared and walked right through them. Uh, I don't know if he metamorphosed his face. I don't know what happened. But they couldn't see him. Some, some theologians think that he had the ability to change his DNA, to change his looks. Others think that he caused all those around him to be blinded as to who he was. I don't know. But I know this. He was familiar with battles. Even to the cross, battles. He did finish that battle of the cross because he declared it is finished. The battle that was finished is our salvation. But we are going to have battles even though we're saved. Some people get the concept of, well, if I just give my heart and life to Jesus, then everything else will be wonderful. No. You're going to have battles. Perpetual conflicts. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. But until then, we're going to have battles. We're going to have conflicts. And all of our battles are tied together from the beginning. We still have covenants with God today that God will bless those who bless us. And he will curse those who curse us. And he still has covenants with us today that the enemy will strike our heel, but our heel will crush his head. The problem is we forget this. Yeah. We forget it. And then we have tragic verses in the Bible that, that these two verses just, I think, are the saddest verses in the Bible. We, we find in, in uh, 1 Samuel 16, 14, now, Saul was a man of God in the beginning, had a great anointing upon him because he killed thousands, right? But look at this verse. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Listen, we have the anointing, but I want to tell you it can depart from you. Look, look at what happened to Samson. Judges 16.20. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know. How sad is that? He did not know that the Lord had left him. Wow. So now we are in a battle in the valley of Elah. 
Saul is king, but the anointing has left him. He's over here in his chambers being tormented by a spirit from God. The battle's raging. What are we to do? What are we to do? Saul, you've slain your thousands, but the Spirit of God was no longer with you. 1 Samuel 17, 2. Saul and the Israelites assembled in the camp in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. Verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out from the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. This guy's, this guy's huge. So I want you to understand this. They, they, they drew their armies together. There's a mountain here, a mountain here, and this is where they're camped. And then they come down to the valley to do battle. Goliath stood, verse 8, and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man, have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were ready for battle. No, they were dismayed and terrified. Verse 9, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants. But if I overcome him and kill him, you'll become our servant and serve us. We, we know the story. Forty days this happened. Goliath, who was a champion, and a champion is someone who stands between. He stood between the Philistine army and he stood between the Israelite army and he stood there in all of his armor, in all of his grandeur as a champion. He stood between them and he shouted. And he said, I defy you. I mean, this is serious smackdown talk. It cannot get any dirtier or lower than this. Where's our leader? Well, Saul's in his chambers being tormented. We need men and women of God today. We need pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles, and prophets to be able to hear the word of God. To hear the voice of God. To speak the word of God. Where is someone... They should have been asking, hey, where's Saul? He's slain thousands. Get him out of here, Saul. Saul's got his own mental problem. He curled up in a corner over there. He's worthless. You see, you may have a king, but when the king can't make a move, that's stalemate. In a church day, you can have a church, but if the church does not have a man or a woman or lots of men and women who can hear,
hear the voice of God and have the anointing upon them. That we, we need churches today who stand in the face of the enemy. Our enemy is shouting at us through our culture, I defy you to stop me. I defy you. You see, the church has got an issue today because the church keeps asking the wrong questions. How can we make it more comfortable for the world to come in? I have never been asked by a bartender, how can I make it easier, Pastor, for you to come in to the bar? I've never been asked by the casino, what can we do to make it more comfortable for you as a Christian, as a man of God? The church doesn't need to make it comfortable. We need to have a house of an anointing where the power of God is. So when the enemy comes in and defies us, we need to stop and say, hey, wait a minute. You can strike my heel, but my heel will crush your head. We need a champion to stand up. No one was standing. We need to look inside before we hear from the outside. We've got a lot of voices shouting in defiance. Now here's what jumped out at me. 40 days. Okay, I got that. But did you get that it's twice a day? Two times a day. This jumps. Two times a day. I've got a feeling that the enemy is challenging you in the house today. He doesn't just get after you once and walk away. He comes back again in the morning, again in the afternoon, again in the... I defy you. He deals with us with our, with our fault life. He deals with us with, with addictions and with weaknesses, with anger, with, with uh, tempers and all these things. He deals with us on all kinds of battles, whatever your battle is. And he's not just coming at you once. He's coming back again. And again and again. And we sit there and go, I'm terrified. Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to win this battle. I don't know how to fight. We're going to talk about that today. The giant always shows up. He shows up in your marriages. He shows up when your kids are growing up. He shows up in your health. You know? Have you ever got all of life together at one time? He shows up in your finances. He shows up in your job. He shows up in your friends. And people today are asking, where are the giant killers? Where are the signs and wonders? Where's the champion? Where's someone who's going to stand between me and the enemy and fights? Okay, Goliath. He's on his way. 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. Look at this. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. You see, he was just a young boy that had been forgotten out in the pasture. And the, the prophet said, hey, wait a minute. Don't you have one more son? And Jesse goes, yeah, I got this little runt, little punk little kid out there. But he's not, he's not as good and tall and handsome. I mean, look how handsome these guys are. And he's, he's not nothing to look at. And, 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 but bring him to me. When he walks in, he takes that young boy and he anoints him. Then he just goes back out. Starts watching over sheep again. 
But the Spirit of the Lord, when he needed it, came powerfully upon him. He's coming, Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20 and 21 says this. Early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up, set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the enemy and the army was going out to his battle positions, shouting the war cry. You got this? I'm going to get you there. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines and facing each other. So here's what happened. Jesse called David in and said, man, your brothers are down there and they are fighting the battle. Don't you love a father who's optimistic? They're fighting the war. So I need you to take this bread and this cheese and he got enough for, for David's brothers. But then he said he also sent some for the generals. So Jesse's loaded David up. David's going down there. He wants to see a battle. Forty days. Two times a day. This is day 40. Can you imagine the first morning? I want you to get this. The first morning. All right, guys, get, your, get all your armor on. Get your, your shields and your spears. Get all, everything ready. We're about to go to war. Yeah! Man, they are pumped. We're going to war. Man, the war cry is on. Oh! And the enemy's over there. And they're, they're going, hey, guys, get all your stuff on. We're going to go out there. We're going to battle. Ah! Goliath steps out. I defy you! And they're over here shouting, ah! I defy you! Ah! And they take off running. Read it. I gotta believe the energy on day one is beyond craziness. I mean, they've got these guys ramped up for war. War cry! Paint on, ready to go! First morning. Okay, guys, this afternoon, we're going to do it. You ready? All right, let's go. We're ready to go. Ah! Goliath steps up. I defy you. Show up and then a champion stands between them 
And he says, I defy Israel. And they are, ah! And they're like, what is going on? What happened to my brothers? I thought you were warriors. Don't get it. Somebody do something. What good does it do to have an army? What good does it do to have a church if all we're going to do is shout? And we come in here over and over and over, and that's all we do. God spoke this into my spirit. He says, people are tired of the same old, same old. Sunday morning, let's get up. Get dressed, let's go. Pastor's going to have a good word. Boy, don't get excited today. Hallelujah. He's going to get us pumped up. We're going to get our armor on. We're going to fight. Oh! And then the devil shows up. Oh, I defy you. Oh. Whatever battle it is, is big, right? He never shows up in small fashion. He's always big. And in your face. Oh, yeah, I saw you in church yesterday. I saw you shouting, but look what I just... See, you can't win this battle. You cannot win this battle. It's too big. But wait. The anointed one is on his way. <laughs> the anointed one's on his way. Because a champion is someone who stands between you and the enemy. We've got a champion today, church. Who's the anointed one? Who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Whose face is like lightning? I'm telling you, His wife. Oh, hallelujah! He's glorified. He's mighty. He's powerful. And He says, "Hey, who's the fight?" And something rose up inside of David. It's called the anointing. We used to call it the auction of the Holy Spirit. Remember those days? The unction of the Holy Ghost. Something got a hold of him and said, I'm tired of this dog. I'm tired of this dog talking about my God. Because I remember that God said, those who bless us, he will bless. But those who curse us, he will curse. I remember that God's word says that he may strike my heel, but my heel will crush his head. Does anybody over here in the Israelite army remember that? No. What do you know? He's big. He's huge. See that shield? See that spear? I can't even lift it. David... Be quiet. Can't I even say a word? Can't I even talk? And David goes, oh, so, so what do you what do you get if you win? They're all like, shut up. Your heart is full of conceit. You're wicked. Don't you love it when your family members know what's inside of you? They can't see who God has created you to be. They can't see what kind of man or woman of God God's called you to be. And David said, well, what do you get? Some of the other soldiers come around and go, well, I'll tell you what, here's what you get. You get a whole lot of money. Your parents, nor you, anybody in your family ever has to pay taxes again. 
What? Are you serious? And you get to marry Saul's daughter. Serious? I get all that plus David, shut up. You're embarrassing your brothers. We should not worry about what other people are thinking. This is your battle. This is the enemy in your face with your back. And David says this, I know that God's word is true. And see, God begins to let him remember. I've had a bear, took him down. Had a lion, took him down. And his brother, this is not a bear, this is not a lion. No, those are done. I'm now ready for bigger battles. You see, the enemy, he's always stepping up the progression of battles in your life, isn't he? It's always getting bigger every time. You get one done, you think, that's, that's about as bad as it could be. Then something bigger happens. And you're like, oh, come on. If I were to face the battles that I faced today, 20 years ago, I would have been destroyed. I wouldn't have had the strength nor the faith to handle them. But David said, hey, I've got some things that have been tested and tried. You see, Paul Saul tried, you know the story, tried to put his armor on and walk around and go, I can't even walk in this stuff, Saul. This is not, I can't, I can't do battle in this. And so he has a, a sling and stones and and well. Look at Revelation 12, verses 10 through 11. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night. That's where we're at right now. Has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as to shrink from death. David is standing there. And we've got an accuser, Goliath. And today the battle is no different because we have an accuser today. You and I are being constantly accused by the best accuser of all time. He's been doing it for thousands of years. In that word in the Greek in Revelation, accuser, the Greek word there is category. The category of the brothers and sisters. And here's what the enemy does. He puts us into categories, puts us into these little boxes, and says, this is who you are. <coughs> Some of you have been in these little boxes of who you are and, and what you can do, but all the things you cannot do. 
Well, you'll never be this, and you'll never do that, and you'll never have this, and you'll never have that. Why? Because he's a category. He's put you in that category that says, this is all you're ever going to have. This is your limitation. This is the way it's going to be for the rest of your life. You're going to have this battle every day, on and on, accusing, accusing, accusing. I've categorized you, and you know what? He bluffs us because he's big. <coughs> this is the way it has to be. And he blows up and says, I defy you. And we are terrified and dismayed. We come to church over and over and over. <gasps> Hallelujah. This is it. Walk out. And the enemy puts you back in your little box. Puts you back in your little confinement. He's still intimidating us today. But I have good news. The anointed one. He's on his way. He's coming. He's coming. You see. Today I believe is going to be a very different day. It's not going to be like the previous time. It's not going to be the 80th time that you come out and go, Ah, this is it. I've got a nugget of truth. I'm going to take this and this is going to solve all my problems. I don't believe that. But I do believe that there is an anointed one who is your champion. Who today you will begin to say, where is my champion? And I believe the Lord's about to step out in your life and go, here I am. Here I am. I'm about to take the enemy down in this battle. David is using covenant language. Something that the Israelites had forgotten. All of a sudden when he begins to talk about this, something starts rising up inside of him and says, wait a minute. This is not right. Look at verse 45 of 1 Samuel 17. David said to the Philistine, he's not talking to his brothers anymore. I'm tired of talking to the people who constantly put me in a category. I'm not just your little brother bringing you some bread and cheese. I'm anointed man of God. And I'm going to go straight to the battle. I'm not talking to all the guys up on the hill over there. I got one guy I'm talking to. Here's what he says to him. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. That's pretty good trifecta right there, isn't it? But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. You see, he realizes this battle is not going to be handled in the flesh. He's coming against him in the name of his God. Here's what he says. This day, now, I want you to underline every time the word will is in here. This day, the Lord will. So who's going to be your champion? Is it you? Is it the pastor? Is it a grandma, a grandpa? You see, that may have been our problem the whole time. We've been waiting. Saul, where are you? Jonathan, where are you at? Somebody show up. 
No, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut your head off. This very day I will give the carcasses. I mean, this guy's getting bad. I mean, bad. Not only is he going to kill the giant, he's going to kill all of the army and give their carcasses. What's it? Give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world. I love this guy. Talk about hyperbole. I love it. But today the whole world knows. We'll know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you. Into my hands. Who's doing this? The Lord will. The Lord will. The Lord will. How? Through me. I will cut your head off. And if you read this story, you know how it happens. He cuts his head off. I've always gotten so excited about preaching that part. I come against you in the name of the Lord. I love that. That's what I've always focused on. But he cuts his head off, and while he's holding his head, Saul says, hey, David, come here. David, okay. He goes to Saul, holding the last head in his hand with the spear, goes, yeah, what, what you need? <laughs> Read it. And he's standing there talking to the king, holding the head of Goliath. Wow. Why? Because of anointing. The anointed one showed up. The anointed one was a champion who stood between Israel and their enemy. Church, I've got good news for you today. I've come today with good news. You may have felt like it is day 50, it is day 30, it's over and over, it's morning, noon, and night. Pastor, I can't get any sleep. I'm tormented. This thing, the enemy's up in my face. He's defying me. I, I've done everything I know to do. Uh, you know that sermon you preached? I did that, and, and Grandpa told me to do this, and my mom and dad told me to do that, and, and then I got the Word, and, and, and the Word told me to do that, and, and I over and over and over, but every time the enemy comes back in my face, and I can still keep fighting this battle over and over and over. And then you get categorized. Hi, my name's Dwayne and I'm an Israelite soldier and I run in fear every day, twice a day. Yeah. I love the war, the war cry shout stuff. I love that. But then we run in fear. There is therefore now no fear. No condemnation. No timidity is what Timothy actually said. For in Christ there's no timidity. But there is power, love, and a sound mind. You see, we get too timid. This is what God spoke to me. He said, Pastor, I see, I see my church and, and, and they, they get on the armor, they get ready, they come to church and, and, and they, 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 woo, hallelujah. But as soon as they walk out, 
the enemy, the category, puts them back in their place and they, 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 are, they get defeated quickly again and, and they're constantly worrying and doing this battle over. And I want to them to cut the head off this thing. I want them to win this thing. I said, God, how do they do it? He said, the battle is not yours. It's mine. The battle is the Lord's. I keep trying to fight this in my own strength. Can't do it. I keep to, trying to find my own ways of solving this. I can't do it. How do I win? This day the Lord will. This day the Lord will. And that is what I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength today. Our greatest enemy is not greater than our God. Something on the inside was louder than the voice on the outside. That's what made David different. All the others heard the voices on the outside and it was loud. And the voice on the inside had gotten quiet. David said, I don't know what y'all are hearing. But he just defied my God. And nobody defies my God. For those who bless me, I will bless. And those get blessed through me. But those who curse me, I will curse. And he just cursed us. He cursed our God. And my heel is about to take down his head. I don't put up with this from anything or from anybody because my God said that he will help me fight this battle and I will win. That's what he told He didn't hear anything else. That's what caused him to go right up to him. Get right up in his face. This day, this day, the Lord will. I'm going to take your head and separate it from your body, dude. I'm going to take all theirs. And God's going to deliver all of them into my hands too. And the birds and the wild animals are going to feast today. Because you defied my God. Because you dared to stand against me. No intimidation factor. I mean, he's looking right up his hairy nostrils. But he is not intimidated one bit. And you know what the enemy has over most of us today? The intimidation factor. Yeah. He gets a big old bluff in on us. Well, we got past that one. Now we got another one. We got past that one. We got another one. He comes against you in all manners. It's a perpetual conflict. And I said, God, what do you want me to tell them today? He said, you tell them that the battle is the Lord's. You tell them that they are not fighting this battle in and of themselves. To stop trying to do that, to give it to me, and I will fight because I am their champion. I am their champion. I will stand between them and the enemy, and I am the anointed one, and I will fight with them today. Stand with me this morning, church.
You see, the Israelite army, here's what they did. They showed up, armored up, shouted up, then they shut up and ran off. Today, we need to show up, armor up, line up, shout up, and fight. Not going to run. There's going to be more than a war cry happening in this place this morning. Because you see, a war cry without a fight doesn't really make a whole lot. Eighty times. Eighty times. And they kept running in fear and dismay. Terrified. Sandy and I have been in those moments of being terrified. We've had, we've had it to where... I mean, from the very first we got married, having children, and the enemy terrified us. While she was pregnant, there were terrifying news come to us. Then once we had our children, we were terrified. In ICU rooms and the doctors are scratching their heads, we don't know what's going on with your children, and we don't know what to do. And, you know what? All we need to do and all we need to do is to fall on our knees and not see you. That's how we fight. Terrified. Had people through the years bow up in the church. Well, shut this church down! Okay. It's not mine. It's God's. Talk to Him. Terrified with finances, cancers. And we stand before our God and say, God, we need a champion. Here he comes. Here he comes. We don't ask. Here's what we do. God showed me this years ago, and I want to give this to you today because I believe we're going through a lot of things we don't need to go through. We're doing things a lot of times in the wrong way. We, we don't need to come to God and, and, and kneel down and, and tell Him what all the situation is. He knows it. Listen to Him. He knows it. I got a call this week from a dear friend of mine. His wife has just been diagnosed with one of the rarest forms of breast cancer, and they don't even diagnose it most of the times because it is so rare. Okay. What do we do? I don't go tell God, God, she's got the... No, no. Holy, holy, holy. So Lord God Almighty, Word him all my praise. I exalt you. I lift you up. I worship and praise him. I don't tell him how bad it is. He already knows. He inhabits praises. And I start praising him. And the more I praise him, the more I feel something rise up inside of me. And the more something rises up inside of me, the more I begin to praise Him. 
and begin to thank him in advance. God, I thank you for the healing that's about to happen in my kid's body. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Has anything happened yet? No, but it's about to because the anointed one is on his way. He will never leave. He will never forsake. He never fails. And we've gotten this all wrong. We gotta, i got to get into more prayer. No, no, you got to get into more praise. you got to get your hands up, get your war cry out, and start shouting and praising to God. And don't get terrified in this faith. Don't you dare get your eyes on the enemy. You keep your eyes on God. This day, God. Lord, here's what your word declares. And I read his word to him. I recite his word to him. And he says, hey. Covenant. Yes, sir. That's what you said. That's what you said. Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. That's what you said. Thank you, Lord, for my bread. Hallelujah, God, you said when you put two together, they become one. And they will not. Be separated. That's your word. Stand by me. Hallelujah. But it's through praise. Praise. It's not over here just woo, whooping it up. We can get all emotional and whoop it up. That's not going to, that's not the fight. And God spoke this to me and he said, tell the church, that is not the fight. Get, getting all the armor on and getting all together and getting everybody excited and running out. That's not the fight. The fight starts there. The fight starts there when you go, uh-uh. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. Whoa, wait a minute. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.